Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I'm hoping that we're coming across clearly. We are going to be dual broadcasting for the month of, what is this, July? July. As we say, down south, July. It's July. It's July the 4th. Happy July the 4th. By the way, it's, it's, it's not July the 4th. It's not, the holiday is not the date. It's Independence Day, free of charge, no cost or obligation to you. That's what you get when you sign in with this show. So this is led by liars and doctors and gunfights. I know it doesn't make a bit of sense, does it? Well, I'll tell you what. Here's the deal. My air conditioner has been off for two days. We don't know why. Don't know what's wrong. But my buddy is going to come take a look at it, hopefully today or tomorrow. So we roasting up in here. (laughs) <laughs> so if you hear a protracted silence, you'll know that I, uh, I have melted. There is, there's going to be a puddle of Sean. <laughs> so that's how it is. So Martin Luther King said, by the way, you, you reached the collision of faith and politics, as our great announcer said. And uh, today it's uh, going to be one of those things, man. It's going to be, I'm a little bit fired up. I'm trying to calm down, but what you going to do? What you going to do? Uh, I, I want to remind you of a quote from Martin Luther King that I really like. It's, to ignore incompetence is to become its accomplice. Let me say that again for you. To ignore incompetence is to become its accomplice. And that is uh, a quote from Martin Luther King. Very powerful quote. I really, really like it. I, I want to just tell you this, that we've been um, very displeased with the uh, rendering of quality here at blog talk radio, it's unfortunate, but true. And with, you know, what we pay per month and all the different things we do, uh, we're just going to be moving on. Um, we've been looking for several months to figure out the best way to do this show. And so this is what we're doing. Uh, we are going to, uh, the hosting of the show will go from, less of a radio show sort of feel to more of a podcast form. And it's going to be hosted on drshawngreener.com or the ninjapastor.com. And what you would do is you would just click on the listen block. So after the show, we're going to have cleaned up solid audio today and every day. Uh, They are take me a little bit to get it converted because I have to do that part manually. 
and we'll put it there. And so you'll be able to listen to that, download it. You'll be able to listen right in the, right in the website. So it's, these are, this is what you need to know. Come the end of July, we'll only be on drshawngreener.com, D-R-S-H-A-W-N-G-R-E-E-N-E-R, or theninjapastor.com. You click on the listen block all the way at the top to the left. That's the deal. That's what you, that's what you got to do. So we, we've been trying like anything to figure out the, the best platform and the most reliable. And so I think that's the way we're going to do it. We haven't gotten the live portion of it uh, fixed up yet. We just don't know. We haven't decided on that. There's a couple different ways we can go. Most of them are video oriented and we don't want that. And trust me on a day, especially a day like today, uh, you don't want that. You don't want to be seeing me. I'm I'm about to melt up in here, up in here. So what do you have to do in order to hear the show once we stop broadcasting here on Blog Talk Radio? Uh, which should be, if everything works out the way we're planning, should be the end of this month. So remember, we're going to be in both places for now until the end of the month. Then we'll only be um, at the ninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com. So what you have to do, this is what you have to do. Most of you in your settings on your computers have pop-ups disabled. So what you're going to have to do is disable them just for a minute. No big deal. You disable them before you go to the ninjapastor.com. You go to the ninjapastor.com. The pop-up will come up telling you to subscribe to the site. Now, your information will not be shared and it will not be sold. I'm the guy that runs the deal and I'm guaranteeing you that. Won't be sold, won't be shared. So at that point, when you fill out that information with your name and your email address, you click you know, on the button to authorize it, you'll probably, depending on your level of security on your computer, you'll probably get an announcement saying, hey, guess what you have to do? You have to tell us that this is what you want to do. You know, that you do want this, uh, you know, sign up for this group. And then you'll be signed up. It's super, super easy. I couldn't be easier, but you have to do that. You have to do it. You're also going to get updates, show announcements, links to, about, uh, you know, where I'll be speaking, updates as to what we're doing, the, the new books, all that stuff. So you'll be, you'll be in like Flynn. So we're, pay, we're paying big bucks to have our own The Ninja Pastor app. You guys have been saying for the longest time, hey, I really want just to have a button on my smartphone, whether it be an Android or an iPhone or whatever, um, that you just click on the app. Well, we're actually in the process of developing The Ninja Pastor app. So you'll be able to just hit that button at showtime or, or whenever, and you'll be able to pick and choose which which uh, which message, you know, as far as our Sunday messages or which uh, weekly show. And we can be on as many as seven days a week. We're not going to do that, but we could be. So we're also working on this live streaming process for those that want to listen live. But the fact is, look, you guys know this, the quality of the Blog Talk Radio product and their reliability is really, really substandard. So, by the way, it might surprise you. Some people thought that this is free. Uh, but it's but it's not free, and all this technology and all this stuff going on, it's it's not free. So, I just want um, I want to create the best possible listener experience that my listeners can have. Now, let me just tell you this: we're up over six hundred plus thousand listeners uh, on our Wednesday show. 
almost 50,000 listeners for our Sunday uh, message. And I'm going to lose probably, this is what the experts are telling me, I'm probably going to lose about 95 to 97% of you uh, when I make this change. This is what they tell me. And I'll have to tell you, at first that makes me nervous, but at the same time, the ones that support what we do and encourage what we do and are plugged in, they're going to say, hey, you know what, it's not that hard to go over to drshawngreener.com or the ninjapastor.com and wait for the pop-up and then fill that out and I'm good to go. It's not, it's just not that hard. Uh, and so I, I want you to understand that that's the important link here. So uh, again, our goal is the highest quality content and delivered to you in the most convenient and dependable way for you all. By the way, I don't, I don't want you to get kicked out a hundred times a show and then get exasperated and give up on what we're doing here. By the way, chat is open. Thank you for joining us there. It's always a pleasure and honor to have you there. I love, I love how chat is. Um, we're going to figure out a way to do that. There is a way to do it on the podcast, and that is through putting in uh, comments. But we're working, like I say, we're working on a live streaming thing. Again, just so you know, we're working to have this finished by the end of July. So going to be a lot of new technology I've got to learn, and so I'm, I'm on it. So you got that? That's we all, we're all clear. So led by liars, led by liars, you all have undoubtedly seen all of the, I don't know. Well, you know, I talked to somebody yesterday and they said, you know, I didn't see the, I I haven't seen the, the, you know, the, the video, the, the, the film of, of James Comey, director of the FBI. I haven't seen him. I didn't, I didn't see what he said. I didn't hear what he said. I didn't listen to it. Well, I, I, I'm going to just tell you, you, you're going to want to listen to that after today's show. Uh, You're going to have a real clear picture of what it's all about uh, after you listen to the meaning behind the meaning after today's show. So I'm glad you joined me. I really appreciate it. We, um, you know, we want to, we want to send our prayers out to Carson uh, Sellers, a great young man and the Sellers and Summers family going through so much, man, he's really, really struggling. Um, and we, we know he's had some improvement, but we want to continue praying and redouble our prayers and plead with God to, to act on his behalf uh, from a health standpoint. Great bunch of people. And I know a lot of you out there have a lot of struggles, a lot of worries. You got maybe you're starting a new job soon. You're nervous about that, and that's affecting your relationships and other areas. Maybe some of you, your job is changing. Maybe some of you, you're you're, uh, you're moving or you've had some work done on your house, and that's stressing you out. And hey, maybe your air conditioner's out, and it's ninety some degrees, and you're about to roast. You know, and I just want you to know that that matters. All that stuff matters. And and we don't want you to think that the everyday stuff isn't important to God and isn't important to your friends and your family, because it is. So here you have it, Led by Liars. Uh, Glenn Reynolds wrote a, a pretty cool, his name is, full name is Glenn, two ends, Harlan Reynolds. And yesterday at 1216, he, he wrote a pretty good article. And he was talking about that accidental Clinton Lynch meeting. Um, no, by the way, no reasonable attorney general meets secretly with the husband of someone under investigation. That just doesn't happen. 
You understand what I'm saying? That doesn't happen. Nor should it ever happen. And, and I'm going to be I'm going to be real direct with you here. Loretta Lynch absolutely needs to be impeached. Now, will our will our Republican? Well, we'll you know, I'm not even going to say Republican. Hold on, let me take some water. Yum. I'm I'm not going to say that our Republicans. It's up to them. It is up to them. But I'm going to say it's up to everybody in Congress. It's up to everybody in Washington to to fix this. To have some cojones, to have some intestinal fortitude, to stand up to this criminal enterprise. So Glenn Reynolds, Glenn Harlan Reynolds writes this uh, article, and I really, really like it. But he, but he says this, update, shortly after this column went online, FBI Director James Comey announced that the FBI will not recommend charges against Hillary. Although he said that there was extreme carelessness in handling classified information, the lack of intent to violate the law precluded prosecution. That's a bit of a surprise given that the Department of Justice is currently prosecuting Petty Officer First Class Christian Saucier for a similar crime where no intent was involved. This gives rise to suspicions verging on certainty that the law is different when your name it's Clinton, that the, that the laws are for the little people, not for those in charge. As Kurt Schlichter uh, recently warned, the sense that there's no such thing as rule of law in today's America is likely to be quite corrosive. And if Hillary can do this much damage to America's fabric now, how much worse will things be with her in the White House? Now, you guys understand that, right? You you get what we're dealing with here. You get the risk involved. This woman gets in the White House. We're, we're cooked. I mean, way hotter than I am now. I don't mean hot as in H-A-W-T. I mean hot. Way hotter. Way worse. So this past weekend, while most Americans were lounging by the pool, shooting off fireworks and eating hot dogs, Democrat Party presidential candidate and presumptive nominee Hillary Clinton was being questioned by the FBI for three and a half hours. Stop me there. By the way, uh, I I wanted to say we've made some changes at DrSeanGreener.com or TheNinjaPastor.com, and I have posted over there a podcast of my most requested speech ever. And all the years I've been doing this, this is my most requested speech. So you can go over and download that, listen to that, send it to your friends, copy the link, blah, blah, blah. You just go over to uh, the listen or you go over to um, blog and it's right, it's, it's infused right into the blog. So if you find, if you Google that or not Google, but search that, you'll be good to go. So she's questioned for only three and a half hours, despite this many millions of dollars worth of investigation. And they decide in three and a half hours, only three and a half hours. No, she's good. Now, this is interesting because just a short while before, Hillary's husband, former President Bill, subject of impeachment, I did not have sex with that woman, 
Monica Lewinsky. Well, yeah, you did. And then you had to admit to it. And Hillary said, oh, this is a vast right-wing conspiracy. No, it wasn't. Three and a half hours. That doesn't seem like very long. Doesn't seem like very long. This is a really serious crime, you understand. The questions, back to the article here, the questions reportedly had to do with her unapproved and illegal email server. Servers, really, as we found out. Hillary, in an apparent effort to emulate Henry Kissinger's successful maneuvers to keep his documents from coming under the Freedom of Information Act request, had used her own email service instead of the official and more secure State Department service. This was not an occasional incidental use, like sending a message via Gmail because you couldn't reach the official account but a very deliberate scheme to make sure that her emails weren't available under open records laws. It's kind of an important thing, just so you know. Though Hillary and her campaign at first claimed there no classified material was on this insecure system, emails about yoga, Chelsea's wedding, this is what she told us. But that wasn't the case, y'all. Thousands of emails contained classified information, some of it really quite serious, so that Hillary could avoid public scrutiny. Very sensitive information was conveyed in a form that made it easy to hack. And actually, we already know that her email was compromised by a hacker who calls himself Guccifer. He broke into the private email of a Clinton crony and found email exchanges with Clinton. It is likely that Clinton's own email was hacked by one or more foreign intelligence services. Though so far, they're not talking and no definitive proof has been made public. While Hillary's risky email setup had the virtue of insulating her activity as a secretary of state from public scrutiny, it had some other problems. The handling of classified matter is governed by statutes and regulations and violating those statutes and regulations is a serious crime. And according to the article, hence the FBI interview. The guy who set up the system for her, by the way, has pled the Fifth, which looks pretty bad. Juries are supposed to ignore it when people take the Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination. But the rest of us, we're not under any such obligation. So what, what does it look like now? The guy pleads the Fifth, says, look, you know, I don't want to incriminate myself, so I'm just going to be quiet. Many observers say this is all kabuki and that nothing will happen to Hillary. As Twitter wag Iowa Hawk put it, if you think there's a chance that the FBI will recommend prosecuting Hillary, you've apparently never watched pro wrestling. Still, at least somebody seems worried as possible future first gentleman, Bill Clinton, had a very non-standard meeting. He has a lot of non-standard meetings with women. Do you ever notice that? Oh, Bill, Bill Clinton, he's looking kind of skinny, looking kind of like he's having a rough time. He's standing up for her, for his woman. (laughs) Welcome, by the way, to uh, my CSG level five buddies. Thank you for joining. They're they're out at a show. They listen, let me tell you, they, they sell the best soap ever in the world. They hand make it. It's all handcrafted soap. And um, maybe in a future uh, future show, I'll tell you how to get it. Because I don't want to say the name and all that stuff, how to get it on the radio without their permission. 
but it is awesome, and I love it. But they're out melting. Melting. That's how we say it. So anyway, very non-standard meeting with Obama administration attorney general Loretta Lynch. Now, she's not the Obama administration attorney general. She's the United States attorney general. You get that, right? She's not the Obama. That may be the administration under which she serves, but she's the United States attorney general. And, you know, this is what's funny. You know, it, this is, I, you know, you tell me. But her jet, she was at Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. Bill's own private jet just happened to be there days before the FBI interviewed his wife, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. So what did they talk about? Well, officially, grandchildren, golf. I don't know if yoga came up. There's no word on that. But nobody arranges a secret meeting with the Attorney General of the United States of America By the way, a local TV reporter revealed the story and reported that the FBI was enforcing a no cell phones, no photos rule just to talk about grandchildren. And no reasonable attorney general meets secretly with the husband of someone under investigation by the FBI. But that's what happened. Loretta Lynch has gotten a lot of flack for for this from across the political spectrum and with good reason. It's not just that. Optics are bad, to use a favorite Washington phrase. It actually is that bad. It is that bad. Loretta Lynch has responded by kind of, sort of, not really recusing herself from the decision on whether to prosecute Hillary. Of course, that may simply mean that someone else is expected to take the heat. But it certainly hurts Lynch if, as some have suggested, a President Hillary might nominate Lynch to the Supreme Court. Now, that would look too much like a payoff, even for many Democrats to, su- to stomach. The New York Post cover on Saturday featured Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch with the headline, Snakes on a Plane. Now, let me, let me just say this. I, I, let's be fair here. I don't think it would bother the, the people that would vote for Hillary Clinton right now today. Are, she could bite the heads off of 100 live baby kitty cats. She could torture a sloth, which I never recommend this. She could torture a baby sloth for hours on national television. Nobody would bat an eye on the left. The people that are going to vote for her are going to vote for her no matter what. You dig what I'm saying? So back to the article. It serves as a reminder for the rest of us as we learned in the 1990s, anyone who gets close to the Clintons, seems to wind up embroiled in some sort of shady dealings. In the intervening years, that history got glossed over with rosy memories of the tech bubble and the illusory post-Cold War peace dividend. But shady dealings are the Clintons' trademark and a Hillary presidency, if it happens. Oh, my lands, if it happens. That's gonna, can you imagine? It's clearly going to continue that tradition, and it's not just email. As a prominent Democrat complained to the New Yorker's Ryan Liza, the person that has the White House cleared, the person that has, I'm sorry, let me read this again. The person that the White House cleared the field for and that everyone has fallen in line for has three federal investigations going on. But as I say, she could be torturing baby sloths and no one will say a thing. Doesn't seem to matter. 
For voters, there's this takeaway from the Independence Day weekend. There are, counting the Green and Libertarian Party candidates, four national candidates running for president. Only one of them is under FBI investigation. By the way, just to tell you a little bit about Glenn Harlan Reynolds, um, he is a member of USA Today's Board of Contributors. He's a Tennessee University of Tennessee law professor, and he offered, authored a book called The New School, How the Information Age Will Save American Education from Itself. So there you have it. So we know the best place for, um, by the way, welcome to all the folks in chat. I'm hoping that uh, everyone's having a, an easy time getting in and staying in and nobody's getting bounced out. Um, so what is CNN? What, you know, if we really want to know what's going on in the world, we really want to know what's right with the world. What do we have to do? We have to go to CNN, right? Communist News Network, Washington. BI Director James Comey in recent weeks decided that when the Bureau's investigation into Hillary Clinton was completed, he alone would make the public announcement on the findings of investigators. But the surprising orchestration was propelled in part by the political chaos over the last week. Now, I want to remind you of something, okay? Lest you forget. Lest you forget. By the way, welcome, Michelle, uh, one of the officers and great leaders at the Center for Self-Governance. By the way, speaking of Center for Self-Governance, if you're in and around Delaware Monday through Wednesday, you need to go to centerforselfgovernance.com and click on Delaware. If you're like Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, you know, New Jersey, that area, click on Delaware. Next week, we're going to have the, the foundational class, level one. And uh, we're going to have level two. And listen, you've got to do this. You've got to do it, especially now. You say, well, this just made it uh, impossible. There's no point in it. Somebody just sent me a message to say that if it, if it was a baby sloth, they'd have to cut somebody for sure. You ever see a sloth? You guys ever see a sloth? They're They're adorable. They're adorable. They're so cute. Um, they're, they move really slow, and, and there's a negative connotation because, you know, Scripture talks about, um, you know, being slothful because sloths, their metabolism is super slow, but they're adorable, and they love to be hugged. Oh, I could go on all day. Anyway, so just to remind you, centerforselfgovernance.com, it, it's more important now than it was before the FBI came out and didn't do what they were supposed to do. It's more important now. You understand that? That's what I'm trying to explain to you. It's more important now that we get plugged in, that we make this happen, that we take our government back, because if we don't, we're really in a pickle. So let me – oh, welcome Blues Unchained. I love the blues. Joe Bonamassa, folks. Woof. That boy can play. He, he has figured out the blues since he's a young kid. He's just shredding. So David Petraeus, convicted down memory lane, by the way. Scooter Libby, Libby, convicted. YouTube filmmaker jailed over something quite act. I mean, he didn't even do it. You understand what I'm saying? He did nothing wrong. He was the fall guy for a fake problem. 
not even a real problem. You, you're digging what I'm saying here, right? You guys are picking up what I'm putting down, right? It's a fake video. How many, how many folks uh, have watched 13 Hours? The movie 13 Hours. I am telling you, that's a must-watch for everybody. It's a must-watch. I have to tell you, you watch that movie and you think to yourself, how'd this happen? What, what happened that we allowed this to happen? How can we stand for this? How can we do it? And, and as uh, our listener Blues Unchained pointed out, listen, James Comey prosecuted Martha Stewart for lying to the grand jury. Most assuredly a lesser charge, right? So you've got David Petraeus, something that he admitted to doing when he was going through the vetting process to lead the CIA. He said, listen, there's going to be this little issue comes up. I don't think it's a big deal, but I think you should know about it. And he says, here's what I did. Um, you know, so I have a biography written about me, and I shared information with the author. By the way, top secret clearance as well, and did at the time. No information was sent anywhere. Nobody, you know, it's very, very contained. Scooter Libby, you know, what he did, he was a fall guy. The YouTube filmmaker in Benghazi, you know, he gets jailed. We don't, we don't even know what happened to him. Edward Snowden flees the country. Because he, he captures, com- completely controls a ton of information. And what happens? He has to flee the country because he knows this country is going to kill him. This country is going to kill him. Welcome, by the way, to my uh, longtime friend, BJ. Thank you for joining us. Barry Joe, let me tell you something. One of the best preachers you'll ever hear in your life. Very, very cerebral guy, but very real and I've encouraged him to write a book. I'm going to continue pressuring him. Maybe we'll have him on the show one day. He's an awesome, awesome guy. I had the privilege of going to his father's funeral. I don't know, what was it, last week? Weekend before last. You want to talk about hot? This is not hot here. It was hot in Memphis. Um, it was really brutally hot. But uh, they did such a great job, his family, uh, Daryl and, and his um Chuck was the oldest, and Daryl's the middle, and BJ's the youngest. They they did such a fantastic job. And Amy, BJ's wife, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful service, unreal, really, really good stuff. It was it was an honor to be there. Anyway, well, welcome to BJ. Anyway, all that said to say this: look at all these people who've done far worse, or done far less rather than Hillary Clinton. And where are they? Where are they? Well, they're paying the price. Hillary Clinton pays no price. In fact, hours after the announcement, a prearranged flight to campaign, the president hops on the plane. Bada boom, bada bing. There you have it. So back to the article. The result, clearing Clinton while simultaneously unbraiding her for her conduct. Upbraiding, rather. 
My eyeballs are sweating. You know what I'm saying? We are, uh, Blues Unchained is asking where we are. We are in the mid-Atlantic, in the north, according to BJ, up near Canada. (laughs) Our air conditioner is off. It's not working. That's the deal there. So for two days now, brutal. So here's the thing. Simultaneously upbraiding her for her conduct could help cement a legacy that shows skill in navigating some of the nation's biggest political controversies. Comey well understood, according to officials, his decision either way would influence the election. On Tuesday, Comey held a press conference with little advance notice. By the way, something like this, just so you know, it's, uh, it is – these things just don't pop up. It's not how it happens. It's something that's planned. The press is contacted. They're told this is where it will be. This is what time, boom. So there's a lot involved. So on Tuesday, Comey has this press conference with little advance notice. On the same day, President Barack Obama was the campaign with Clinton in North Carolina. Comey noted that he had not told his boss, Attorney General Loretta Lynch, or any other agency in the government about its decision to not recommend charges be brought against anyone in the Clinton investigation. They do not know what I'm about to say, Comey said, with about a dozen FBI agents and high-level officials who helped oversee the probe standing in the back of the room. Optics. Indeed, very few knew, with most inside the FBI seemingly unaware of what he was about to say. The notice to the press only saying... Comey would speak to reporters with no topic discussed, disclosed. So you got the picture, right? They send out a send out a little message saying, hey, guess what? This is what's going to happen. And, uh, oh, by the way, be there or be square. So they were. You know, they did the right thing. Senior law, now this is continuing the article. Senior law enforcement officials described the deliberation inside the FBI and Justice Department in recent months for this account. The FBI said Comey's remarks were the only ones that would be made public. The Justice Department did not comment. Let me just, you know, I know you guys are politically very astute, but let me say this. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's it's crazy how this works in this political world, but I've got a news flash for you. Something like this is big news. The Justice Department should have had a, a comment at the ready. The Department of State should have had a comment at the ready. The Attorney General's office should have had a comment at the ready. But they didn't. Or did they? So here's here's what James Comey, the director of the FBI, uh, and apparently it's the uh, Federal Bureau of, of Interviews, not the Federal Bureau of Investigations, the Federal Bureau of Research, not the Federal Bureau of Investigation, according to the Hillary Clinton camp. So here here is how it went down. Extremely careless. I'm going to quote. These are quotes, by the way. I don't know, what do I have, Ten, seven things here that he said? Seven things that James Comey said. I don't know, maybe, hey, you know what, maybe you hear it and you don't go, hey, that's crazy. 
Something's rotten in Denmark. Something smells fishy. <laughs> Maybe you do. Maybe you hear it and you're like, that's no big deal. This is what he said. And I'm quoting Comey and all these. Extremely careless. This is number one. Number one of seven. <laughs> yeah, BJ says, wonder if Secret Service will call Hillary extremely careless as her code name. Man, it'd be, it'd be befitting, wouldn't it? Although we did not find clear evidence that Secretary Clinton or her colleagues intended to violate laws governing the handling of classified information, there is evidence that they were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. Now, let's be fair. I'm all about being fair. You know, I don't want to nail anybody down, you know, be ignorant, be crude or rude. And my patience has run a little thin. I'm very hot. We've been doing some work here around the house. The, we had to have the windows replaced. They were leaking. And so not only does our air conditioner break, but the windows are exposed to the outside. There's a, a bazillion flies. And it's the hottest week of the summer so far. So, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little crabby. I'll admit that. But I'm not going to be so crabby as to be damning to someone that doesn't deserve it, but extremely careless. Look, folks, these are your national secrets. These are, these are top level things. <laughs> I'm told by BJ that we Canadians are so whiny. He really does think that we're near Canada. Eh? So the next thing is should have known there's evidence to, again, I'm quoting Comey here. If you didn't, I'm doing you a public service here, free of charge, no cost or obligation to you, unless you want to donate, in which case, go to drshawngreener.com or theninjapastor.com, click on Donate in the upper right, and you'll be able to donate. Very secure. And everything gets piled back into this, what we do. There's no evidence. This is should have known. I'm titling this should have known. There, there is evidence to support a conclusion that any reasonable person in Secretary Clinton's position or in the position of those with whom she was corresponding about those matters should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. One of my buddies is coming by to check on the AC. Man, he's awesome. He's my buddy, Darren. Thank you so much. You must be listening live to the show and heard me whine. My Canadian waning. Let me read this again. Should have known. Should have known. There is evidence. Now, this is not we think or whatever. It's there is evidence to support a conclusion that any reasonable person in Secretary Clinton's position or in the position of those with whom she was corresponding about those matters should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. Should have known. There's evidence to support that conclusion, not suspicion, conclusion. Now, this next one, I hate this. You know, you people know, uh, you know that I'm, <laughs> I hate this saying. Uh, this is very concerning. I grew up saying disconcerting. 
disconcerting, not concerning, disconcerting. But the world now has adopted this concerning business, especially concerning. None of these emails, this is James Comey, the director of the FBI, by the way, in his, in his deal yesterday. None of these emails should have been on any kind of unclassified system, but their presence is especially concerning. Oy! Because all of these emails were housed on unclassified personal servers, not even supported by full-time security staff like those found at agencies and departments of the United States government, or even with a commercial email service like Gmail. Now, I want to explain to you, I want to explain to you what this means. Are you ready? Hillary Clinton hired a firm, a group of individuals, specifically. Hillary didn't go out and get an email, uh, Hillary Clinton 2016 at gmail.com. She didn't do that. She didn't do that. That's not what she did. She created, had her tech people create an email that was untrackable, they thought, hidden from view, they thought, off the books, they thought, and totally unmanned. Even Gmail does a better job. All right, whatever. Maybe that's not important to you. I don't know. What do I know? What do I know? I'm just a, I'm just a dude. I'm just a regular dude. I'm just here for the candy and the cookies and the sunshine and the gumdrops. That's what I'm here for. And the ice cream. You know, I'll tell you what I really like. I'll tell you what I like, what I really, really like. I don't know the rest of the song. That's pretty much it. Spice Girl. Um, the, those things that are at Dairy Queen, they're called Arctic Freeze, Arctic something or other. Little bits of ice with flavoring. I know they're bad for me. I know they are, but they're blue and red and like some sort of brownish sort of color, which isn't attractive, but I think that's the Coca-Cola one. I'm telling you, nothing will cool you off like that. They're amazing. So none of these emails should have been on any kind of unclassified. And listen, lest you think Hillary Clinton doesn't know this, like she's just some dumb grandma. She's not some dumb grandma, y'all. She, she did this on purpose. This was all about, you know, what she's going to do. Now, here's the thing. This is number four. Only a very small number of the emails containing classified information bore markings indicating the presence of classified information. But even if information is not marked classified in an email, participants who know or should know that subject matters classified are still obligated to protect it. Now, what's this mean? Now, thank you to our listener, Blues Unchained, who is reminding us that this goes back to Filegate when Hillary got thousands of FBI files. Yeah, she's part of the, you know, she's the first lady, right? She's somehow or another gets all these files somehow or another gets all these files on people. And it just happened to be people she hated. I don't know. They just ended up in my office. Well, I talk to those cleaning people. You know how they are. Look, even if information is not marked classified in email, participants who know or should know, the subject matter is classified. They are still obligated to protect it. This is the former first lady. This is a former senator. 
by the way, she achieved nothing as senator uh, and, and did nothing but she lost, what is it, a billion dollars? Some guy, well, there's the ice cream truck right outside of my studio. Can you believe that? Taunting me. Although I, I have to be honest, I did. I read Crisis of Character. I'm trying to get him, uh, by the way, Gary Byrne, I'm trying to get him, he's the author, on the show. If any of you know how uh, to connect with him, he is, um, his book is pretty, pretty powerful. And it's good stuff, really, really good stuff. He's a Secret Service. He's not a Secret Service agent. He was a Uniformed Division Secret Service. There's Uniformed, and then there's Agent, and he was Uniformed, but they are in the White House. But I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, I, I've just got to say, and Jerry uh, from Pennsylvania puts this very, very well. He says, when you've been lying your whole life, it's hard to stop. She does probably. BJ says she probably does, has my file now. Oof. Mine's pretty boring, just so you know. So generally lacking. While not the focus of our investigation, we also developed evidence that the security culture of the State Department in general and with respect to use of unclassified email systems in particular was generally lacking in the kind of care for classified information that is found elsewhere in the government. Let me say this. This woman wants to be your president. She wants to be your president. But she couldn't figure out how to have a secure, you know, her, she's a cabinet level. Secretary of State's a big deal. That's a big, big deal. And she couldn't figure out how to run. They they lost money, like just mountains of money. Lost money. Nobody's ever found it. She's never been held to account for that. But she wants to be your president. She's generally lacking in the kind of care for classified information that's found elsewhere in the government. Most basic places in the government. Come on. Here's number six, hostile actors. We do assess that hostile actors gained access to the private commercial email accounts of people with whom, let me say this again, we do assess that hostile actors gained access to the private commercial email accounts of people with whom Secretary Clinton was in regular contact from her personal account. We also assess that Secretary Clinton's use of a personal email domain was both known by a large number of people and readily apparent. Any problems with that? Anybody? Does anybody have a problem with that? He's telling you, hostile actors. These are these are bad people. These are bad countries. Our enemies. So she set this thing up. She didn't have it maintained. She didn't have it protected. It was unsecure. She didn't protect secret classified information. didn't protect it. Now our enemies have it. She knew what she was doing, and she did it anyway, and she didn't care. She doesn't care now. How about number seven, sophisticated adversaries? She also, this is again quoting Comey, she also used her personal email extensively while outside the United States, including sending and receiving work-related emails in the territory of sophisticated adversaries. Given that combination of factors, we assess it is possible that hostile actors 
gain access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account. Y'all digging this? Are y'all digging this? Are y'all are y'all connecting here? Because I got to be honest with you. It is at this point that I think, wow. Wow. She's in hostile territory. She's, she's in the, the territory of our enemies. This is sophisticated avatar, and she's running around with a little personal deal she just did. You've got to be kidding me. But the FBI director, Comey, Clinton, was extremely careless, but no charges recommended. You know, it's highly unusual for the FBI to make public findings when investigators have decided no charges should be brought. Matthew Miller, the former top justice spokesman under Attorney General Eric Holder, criminal in and of itself, his own self, called Comey's announcement outrageous. Now, this is the top justice spokesman under Attorney General. This is Attorney General Eric Holder, the predecessor to Loretta Lynch. You understand what, what I'm saying here? It's their team. This is their team. This is the top justice spokesman under Holder called Comey's announcement outrageous. The FBI's job is to investigate cases when it's appropriate to work with the Justice Department to bring charges, he said on CNN. House Republicans sides with Comey over Trump on, in, on Clinton emails. Instead, Miller said, Jim Comey is the final arbiter in determining the appropriateness of Hillary Clinton's conduct. That's not his job. Wow. That's kind of damning, don't you think? Comey last navigated politics this turbulent in 2004 when he was deputy attorney general and he was at the center of a dramatic showdown with the White House over a surveillance program ordered by President George, President George W. Bush. Comey and other Justice Department and FBI officials threatened to resign the dispute. And Comey, a Republican, emerged a hero to the political left. Hillary Clinton answers questions from reporters at the United Nations on March 10th, and she admitted, this is on video, she admitted that she made a mistake in choosing for convenience not to use an official email account when she was Secretary of State. Somebody mentioned her. Uh, something, you, you, did you wipe the emails? Did you, is that what you wiped? Uh, what, what do you mean, with a cloth? Oh, I don't, come on. Come on. We, we, you know, look. That's right. Uh, one of our listeners in chat, by the way, chat is open. Comey wanted to live. He wanted to protect his family. Where are our heroes willing to slay the dragons? Remember what one of our listeners said, reminded us of. He, he was a deputy special counsel on the Senate Whitewater Committee and also having investigated the pardon uh, by President Bill Clinton of donor Mark Rich. I mean, this was this was seriously a major major deal here. This was one of the 
the biggest deals of his career. This is the biggest deal ever. Look, this is what the article says. Earlier this year, top officials at the Justice Department and FBI began formulating a rough plan for how the findings in the unusual Clinton probe would be announced, officials close to the matter said. The idea that some top officials supported what was was supported was that the FBI and the Justice Department, which have jointly managed the probe, would announce their decision together and at the same time announce how they came to it. This is how it was going to be done. This would prevent the spectacle of the FBI concluding its investigation, then handing over recommendations to the Justice Department for review with a final decision to be announced by Lynch. But as the investigation drew to a close in late spring, Comey began having other thoughts. The political furor of the of the investigation was reaching a fever pitch. FBI officials and Clinton lawyers began discussing plans for her interview and possible dates when she'd come by the FBI headquarters. Just stand by, just ch- talk with some people. They're just interviewing me. They're not. I mean, are these all coincidences? I don't think so. I, I think if you have any brain, you got to say, no, these aren't coincidences. So then what do we conclude? Do we conclude? How do we arrive at the answer? What do we do? What do we come up with? we got to come up with something, right? Got to come up with something. Is she just a bumbling idiot? Because I, I've got an answer for you. If she's a bumbling idiot, We don't need her. She's not who we need. In fact, we definitely don't need her. But I'm going to tell you something. She's not a bungling idiot. She's a criminal. She's an evil, murderous criminal, and not just because of Benghazi. People around the Clintons drop like flies, and nobody bats an eye. These are bizarre things. And last week, just when the political atmosphere surrounding the FBI is back to the article, Uh, The FBI investigation couldn't seem more charged. Things took a bizarre, new bizarre turn. Former President Bill Clinton charged uninvited onto Lynch's, Loretta Lynch, Attorney General, Lynch's plane parked on the tarmac at the Phoenix airport. Lynch and the former president said they discussed nothing related to the probe and kept the visit to social matters. But we can't take any pictures. We can't record anything. Nobody else could be there, just them. Just them. Ain't no big deal. Come on. Ain't no big thing. Officials say Comey was already of the view that he had to make FBI's announcement alone. The Clinton-Lynch debacle didn't sway him, but underscored why it's important for him to stand alone, the official said. Across the street at the Justice Department, Lynch is already looking for her own ways to make sure the public knew that the political considerations would play no role in her final decision, even before The untimely visit by the former president, she and her staff are weighing how to publicly describe the internal process at play and that career prosecutors and investigators would be the ones steering any final decision. Listen, I'm glad to hear this, by the way. I don't know that this guy's the guy for it. Um, 
what I'm about to say is, is look, Paul Ryan, I've met the guy. I, I spent a little bit of time talking to him. Um, you know, seemed like a decent guy. You know, I think he's a little uh, more liberal than I would like for a conservative, if you know what I'm saying. But Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, says he's, look, we're going to question Comey over the email probe. On Friday, amid controversy over her meeting with the former president, Lynch said she would accept the decision of career officials in the department and at the FBI. It was a clumsy announcement, and justice officials took pains later to make clear that Lynch wasn't recused and Comey wasn't now in charge. A day later, Clinton drove. Uh, Clinton left her home in Washington, drove a few miles to FBI headquarters for her long-awaited interview. Officials said it was already clear that there wasn't enough evidence to bring cr- criminal charges. The interview cemented that decision among FBI and justice officials who were present. But Monday night, Comey and other FBI officials decided that the public announcement should come at the earliest opportunity. The fact that Tuesday would also mark the first public campaign appearance by Barack Obama alongside Hillary Clinton didn't enter into the calculation. No, it didn't. Come on, don't be silly. That's not what happened. No. There was no pressure applied by Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch. No, we talked about our grandchildren. talked about golf. No, we were fine. We didn't even bring up the investigation. No, no problem. Says we didn't even, we didn't even, no, the, the fact that the first public campaign appearance by Obama alongside Hillary Clinton, no, we didn't even think about that. Silly you for even thinking it. Comey notified the Attorney General that he planned to make a public announcement, but he didn't provide any details, officials said. A little after 11 a.m., as Hillary Clinton was able to take the stage at an event nearby in nearby Washington, he entered the FBI conference room and began what he called simply an update on the FBI's investigation. Now, when we come back, I'm going to talk to you real briefly about something, a different way of looking at this, I should say, a different way of looking at this. So we're going to go to break here real quick. And then let me just tell you, you got to listen to what what we're saying, because one of our segments a little bit later it's going to cover this in detail, why this is so needed. But bring it on, get you some water, listen to the commercials, and we'll be back. We will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages. Hey, happy warriors. This is the Ninja Pastor here. Listen, keepers of the republic, people who care about the future of this country, if that's you, and you're not the you that just wants to talk about it, just do Facebook posts, just do Twitter, but I mean, you really want to do something. You really want to make a difference. You're called a keeper of the republic. Our founders clearly detailed that we, the people, would keep our republic if we participated in our own governance. Self-governance, let me tell you what, requires education, participation, sacrifice, and determination and the belief that you can make a difference. Look, you got to do something, but what is something? As I said, Facebook posts, they won't save the republic. Neither will rallies or voter drives. It goes way deeper. And if you truly want to do something of value that is also effective, the question is, are you willing? 
Listen, you can go to centerforselfgovernance.com or you can go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. There's a link there uh, for the Center of Self-Governance. All you do is click there. While you're there at facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, click on like and sign up, and you'll have all these links uh, immediately available to you. Super, super easy. And I can help arrange courses for you in the Northeast and elsewhere. You got to do it. You say, I got to do something. I want to do something. This is the something. This is the something really big. This is the secret sauce. You got to ask yourself some tough questions. Do you really have what it takes? Do you really have what it takes to help save this country? Do you really want to save the country? Have you given up already? Then here's the really, really tough question. Am I worth the blood and treasure already sacrificed for liberty and freedom? Am I worth the acres of crosses in Arlington, Virginia and towns across America? Soldiers who gave everything, committed everything to our freedom. How do you do it? Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, and then click on the link to this, Center for Self-Governance. It'll be right there. You want to do something? This is your something. Well, I don't think I could be any clearer than that, truth be told. I'm going to play a couple other commercials, but you know what? Let's let's just get into this because I don't want you to have to wait for it. Plus, I'm melting, so I don't know if you know. Led by liars. Look, that that occurred to me. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, this is exactly the, the same thing everybody tells me. They, people come up to me, are you the ninja pastor? I'll be trying to get food at a, a, a caf, what do you call them, cafeteria type of thing. Be going through the line or a buffet. And are you the ninja pastor? Yeah, I am. Well, can I ask you about this? Sure. And it's always some real intense thing, like really super complicated and, you know, but they're well-meaning. But people say, you know, how do you feel about, you know, the Bible mandate that we should pray for our leaders? We should pray for our leaders. Well, yeah, I guess we should. We should pray for our leaders. That's that's scriptural. Doesn't mean we pray for our leader's success. Rush Limbaugh, radio great. He he um listen, he's the foundation upon which conservative radio has been built. And the fact of the matter is he took a lot of heat when he said, No, I don't want Barack Obama to succeed. His intense his intent and they you know, of course he got called a, a racist and a bigot and every other name. His intent for this country is impure. It's dangerous. It's deadly. That's reality. No, I don't want him to succeed. First black president? Well, first of all, he's not our first black president. He's a mixed race guy, half white, half black, you know, Muslim raised. I've done whole shows on this. Come on. So Alan Rett, you know, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, good guy. I've met the guy who has my book. Uh, really, really nice fella. Says it like it is, and I like that. This is He wrote this article, um, and, and I thought to myself, there's a guy by the name of Ilario Pantano who led a – he was a Marine officer, United States Marine officer in Iraq, and, and they ended up killing uh, some people. Uh, some Iraqi soldiers, some some Muslim soldiers here, and uh, he he ended up being tried for it. 
because they said, well, he murdered, he murdered them. He ordered his men to murder these people. They were innocent. They weren't innocent. turns out they weren't innocent at all, and he didn't order them to murder them. He ordered them to do what good soldiers do, and that's neutralize your enemy. So he got brought up on charges. He was cleared of everything, but it was really a devastating thing for an up-and-coming Marine Corps officer. I mean, he had a great, great future. And one of the things that he is uh, frequently talking about is leadership. You know, what's your leadership like? What's your leadership like? If you have bad leaders, look, United States Navy SEALs, here's an interesting thing. They did a, a really good study on this where they examined and these are these are this is inside the seals this is at buds uh you know the the first phase of becoming a seal and they said you know there's a boat crew that's always coming in first they're always coming in first always by a long shot and then there's the last boat crew is always coming in last you know everything's a competition everything's coming they're always last i mean you know come on what what's what are we to believe about this are they that much better? What if we switched the leaders of the boat crew? What if we did that? And we put the, the really, really, you know, the winner boat crew guy in charge of the loser boat crew and the loser boat crew guy in charge of the winner boat crew. What happens? Let's just see. So they did. And guess what happened in, in short order, less than a week? The great leader who was in charge of the Loser boat crew, they had a better attitude. They were, they were winning every challenge. And the winner boat crew that now got the loser leader, they're in last. They completely switched, and they were dumbfounded. They did it again and again and again, and they proved it over and over and over. Leadership. You're either led by liars. You're either led by losers. The incompetent. Or you're led by true leaders. Alan West, one such true leader. And this is what he said. Leave it to him to, to give us some, something to look forward to. Of course, the news cycle is completely dominated by FBI Director James Comey's announcement yesterday recommending no criminal charges against Hillary Clinton. And my response is, great! I can't thank Director Comey enough for coming to this decision. Let me say this. I think that's a little bit, uh, a little bit of a hyperbole there because to be honest with you, I, you know, nobody watching that. Uh, let's see here. Nobody, nobody watching that would ever. Guys are asking about my air. I don't know. Just broke. We don't know. Just stopped working. All of a sudden, we started noticing how hot it was in the eighties. Yesterday, I think it was 80, I think it's 88 in the room where I am now. Because, you know, you got all this electronic equipment and it's cranking. It's hot. I, I, I think it's a little bit, you know, I, I like uh, Alan West a lot. I have a great deal of respect for him. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, he says he's, he couldn't thank, he thinks this is great that she wasn't charged. Can't thank Director Comey enough for coming to this decision. That's what he says. I'll give you my rebuttal. My concern has always been that Barack Obama would release the hounds on Mrs. Clinton and then push for his vice president, Joe Biden, to be the Democrat nominee. And then to placate the far lefty socialists who own the Democrat Party 
Obama would position Senator Elizabeth Warren as Biden's VP. Let me tell you something. I agree with Alan West here. That would be a really tough ticket to beat since Joe Biden's favorables, regardless of gaps and such, are extremely high. I mean, here's the thing, folks. You, you just need to understand that people are popular, and this Elizabeth Warren is popular. They call her Pocahontas, not actually a Native American. She whines about the economic uh, unfairness and all this stuff. What's interesting to me is she lives in a $5.4 million mansion. She gets $300,000 a year for teaching two hours a month. She gets her $174,000 senator salary. She's rich as all get out. But they love her. Truth doesn't matter. You know that. Truth doesn't matter. When, when is, since when has the truth ever mattered? But that's going to be a tough ticket. Look, you you can look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden, when I was a police officer, hey, welcome to Craig in New York. Glad you could join us. You missed the announcement in the beginning. I don't know if maybe you were listening. You just hadn't logged in the chat, but we are uh, we have a whole new program. If you shoot me an email, I'll send you the notes on it, smgreener at gmail.com. S is in Sean, M is in Michael, greener, G-R-E-E-N-E-R, like the grass is always greener, at gmail.com. I'll send you the notes. That way you'll know. I don't want you to miss out. But look, Joe Biden pinned my badge on when I was um, when when I was a police officer. He he pinned my badge on. I sang the national anthem with a now deceased Dave Brandt, and uh, three years later, the guy the guy knew me by name. He knew that I sang the national anthem. And he was there. Very likable guy. Very very likable guy. It's tough to beat, folks. You can make all the jokes that you want to make about Joe Biden, Uncle Joe, or Crazy Uncle Joe, or Groper Uncle Joe. I got a news flash for you, folks. The dude's very powerful. Yeah, I know. He's senator from Delaware. Now he's the vice president. The president hates his guts. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. But here's the deal. That ticket... We're going to have a hard time beating. We have already already have a hard enough time beating, uh, like uh, Senator Warren or or somebody like you know the uh, Clinton Warren or Clinton whoever. That's going to be hard enough, man. You get you get Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Warren, holy moly, that's the real deal, folks. That's trouble. Would they be good for America? No. Not at all. It would be horrible for America. And we'd probably lose. But back to the article. However, James Comey just delivered a gift wrapped with a bow. Why do I say that? Simple. Here's what FBI Director Comey said regarding Hillary Clinton, and this is why I'm happy about it. He concluded that Hillary, all that stuff that I read to you. Well, let me read it really quick because he, he really summarized it in a really, really good way. He concluded that Hillary was extremely careless in handling our nation's secrets. He admitted no reasonable person could have believed putting these emails on a private server was at all appropriate or acceptable. He, he admitted 110 emails on the server were classified at the time 
that they were sent, showing Hillary not only lied, but knowingly endangered national security as Secretary of State. He admitted Hillary deleted work-related emails before turning them over to the State Department, despite her claim otherwise. And most shocking, Mr. Comey even admitted it's likely foreign governments hacked her emails. And her adversaries could know critical secrets about the U.S. government because of Hillary's actions. Here's a simple Southern summation. Hillary Clinton was extremely careless with our not just classified but highly classified information. Why not just term this gross negligence? I can tell you if I were a member of the armed services who's been punished for a misuse of, or mishandling of classified information, I'd be filing an appeal. You see, in the military, at a minimum, you're going to lose your security clearance. At a maximum, you're going to face a court's martial punishment. Comey has said that Hillary Clinton is not reasonable. Is that who you want for president, commander-in-chief? This is where we part ways, by the way, myself and the good lieutenant colonel. He's saying, look, Comey has said Hillary Clinton's not reasonable. Is that who you want? Mrs. Clinton's actions were not appropriate or acceptable. That follows with Mrs. Clinton's blatant lie. She lied to the government. She lied to the American people. She blatant lie about having any classified material in her private server, her unclassified private personal server. Hillary Clinton stated there was no classified correspondence that she emailed. Wrong. That's a lie. And she knew it was a lie. Lastly, Comey confirmed Hillary Clinton inappropriately deleted the property of the American people, State Department, work-related emails. We know from the deposition of her closest aide, the daughter of Muslim Brotherhood Associates, Huma Abedin, that she admitted to burning emails. And yes, Hillary Clinton lied about not having any of her emails hacked. She flat-out lied. Now, this is numerous, numerous lies, folks. You understand what I'm saying here. You understand that, correct? Andrew McCarthy in his article of the National Review stated this. There's no way of getting around this. According to Director James Comey, by the way, um, just as full disclosure, he was a colleague and longtime friend of Andrew McCarthy. Hillary Clinton checked every box required for a felony violation of Section 793, subsection F of the Federal Penal Code, Title 18. With lawful access to highly classified information, she acted with gross negligence in removing and causing it to be removed from its proper place of custody. She transmitted it and caused it to be transmitted to be transmitted to others not authorized to have it in patent violation of her trust. Director Comey even conceded that former Secretary Clinton was extremely careless and strongly suggested that her recklessness very likely led to communications her own and those she corresponded with, being intercepted by foreign intelligence services. Yes, Director Comey recommended against prosecution of the law violations. He clearly found on the ground that there was no intent to harm the United States. He said, Director Comey, this is what he said. I hope you're understanding this. I hope that I'm making sense here. He said, the one point he said she's guilty of all these things. She did all these things. She did everything I'm about to say she did and worse. Everything she said she didn't do in the beginning, she did and worse. 
We found that to be absolutely true. But you know what? We're not going to charge her because there was no intent to harm the United States. In essence, in order to give Mrs. Clinton a pass, the FBI rewrote the statute, inserting an intent element that Congress did not require. The added intent element, moreover, makes no sense. The point of having a statute that criminalizes gross negligence is to underscore that government officials have a special obligation to safeguard national defense secrets. When they fail to carry out that obligation due to gross negligence, they are guilty of serious wrongdoing. The lack of intent to harm our country is irrelevant. People never intend the bad things that happen due to gross negligence. Marcus Tullius Cicero referred to this as the arrogance of officialdom. Consider that just last week there was a secret private meeting between former, we've talked about this, pre, uh, former President Bill Clinton and U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch. The Attorney General told us that they talked about golf vacations and grandkids. Over the weekend, quietly, Hillary Clinton visited FBI headquarters and came out to give an interview with MSNBC's Chuck Todd, who stated that he had inside information that there'd be no charges. Then, the morning after our 240th Independence Day, Director Comey announces at a press conference as the pre-flight checks were being conducted on Air Force One preparing to fly President Obama and Hillary Clinton on a campaign ride to North Carolina. The optics of this rivals any episode of Game of Thrones or House of Cards, neither of which I've seen, by the way. Uh, Craig uh, from New York has a great point here, and, and I, I talked, I alluded this lightly in the beginning. Look, Martha Stewart acted on a stock tip, an inside information stock tip. She made some money. Chick went to jail. That, that pales in comparison to this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Comey announces no charges, and Air Force One takes off. Barack Obama is flying on taxpayer dollars, not with someone. Under criminal investigation, no, but a recently exonerated Hillary Clinton. Now, let me say this. She's not exonerated. She's not been exonerated. The only way you're exonerated is in a court of law. He said specifically, Comey said specifically, that's where I disagree in the article, uh, said specifically that no reasonable prosecutor would bring charges. That's not an exoneration. He can't do that. He only brings charges or he doesn't bring charges. He doesn't decide whether... You know, someone's guilty or not. This ladies and gents is a policy of political corruption on full display, and it's offensive to me, and it should be to you. And these chuckleheads think so little of you, the American people. Yeah, I know. She, found, she was found guilty of lying to the FBI about the insider trading and about things surrounding that. But the bottom line is that's why she's being investigated, and she went to jail for lying to the FBI. Guess what? Hillary Clinton lied to the FBI and everybody else. I'd love to know, was she under oath when she was being interviewed? Was Hillary under oath? Anyway, so back to the article. Well, not all. Certainly the Kool-Aid drinking sycophants are rejoicing. And so am I. Why? Because we see those progressive socialists who they truly are and how they'll use any means in order to achieve their ends. It's obvious that somewhere there are emails involving Barack Obama so that the Clintons got the drop on them and Valerie Jarrett. Loretta Lynch paid her homage to the Clintons, not the Obamas. So is this the new normal? Have we decided there are political elites who are indeed above the law? It appears that is the case. But I believe the final vote will be cast by the American people. We disagree here, too. God bless him, Alan West, great man. He's much more optimistic than I am. 
I don't think the American people are going to decide anything. I don't think the American people care. The American people that hate her uh, because they know the truth about her are still going to hate her. And the American people that love Hillary, no matter what they learn, are still going to love her. Do you understand what I'm saying? doesn't matter. I believe the final vote will not be cast by the American people. In fact, I believe that if it's this bad, can we even trust the electoral system? Can we even trust that when you press a button that it gets recorded somewhere accurately? We know from previous elections that no, no, you can't. We can't even trust the people that are in charge of investigating such things. James Comey gave us every reason to look upon that stage in Charlotte, North Carolina, with abject disdain toward two of the biggest liars in political history. I'll agree with you on that, Colonel West. I'll agree with you on that, no doubt about it. They're two of the biggest liars in political history. When Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton stood together on that stage, you saw two people who abandoned Americans to die, and they lied about it. Guess what? America doesn't care about it. America doesn't care about it anymore. Just like a gold star father told me one time, America's not at war. America's not at war. America's at the ball. American soldiers are at war. Oh, by the way, now transgenders can serve in combat and any unit. Women can serve in any unit that they can get into. And transgenders, they can, any, that's not going to be a problem. Not at all. But these are two Americans, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. They hate America so much they let them die. We saw on that stage the new American Socialist Party resembles the old Soviet Politburo, where there are no rules for the few, but rules, laws, and edicts for the others. If you looked upon Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton on that stage yesterday and cheered the day after our 240th American Independence Day, you are no patriot. You are no citizen of this republic. You are nothing more than, as Vladimir Lenin stated, a useful idiot and a supporter of liars. Well, let me say, you very well said, sir. Very well said. You get a, a sharp, crisp salute from me. But I'm sorry to tell you, there are scores upon scores upon scores of supporters of liars. They don't care. We can ill afford the mindless lemmings to take this nation further down the road to perdition. Thanks, Director Comey. You may have just become the one person who will end the corrupt reign of the Clinton family and terminate any chance for an honorable legacy for Barack Obama. I, di I disagree with that. I used to say this all the time, and people, you know, the people that used to follow me and invite me to uh, come speak to their groups or, or their organizations or their schools or whatever, they, I used to say this all the time to them. I used to say it all the time. Let me say this. I, I'm just going to stop saying it. This is what I used to say. The American people, in fact, my good friend, Amer uh, Andrea Shea King, who happens to be listening, has a great show, the Andrea Shea King Show, absolutely fantastic show, also on Blog Talk Radio, uh, uh, just a phenomenal host, phenomenal interviewer. Um, you know, she worked so hard in, in the past election cycles, and I, I I've said it all over this country, large groups and small, thousands of people in 50 people. This is what I used to say. The American people are too smart to elect this guy. They're too smart to allow this to happen. They're too smart to fall for this. Too smart. There's just no way they're going to do it. I was wrong about that. 
I was wrong about that. We're we're smart. We're we're too smart. Sure, we're not going to vote for them. We're not going to vote for Barack Obama. We know better. You got to be kidding me. We're not stupid. But here's the problem, my friends. We're the only ones. And sadly, we've allowed ourselves to be outnumbered by leftists and people with their hands out. That's why we're losing. Every step of the way, we're losing. Every day, we're losing. There are more of them than there are of us. And let me tell you what else, too. They go vote. Why? Because many of them don't have a job. They don't have a job to to be at at 7 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning like my son. They don't have a job. They sit around all day and they cash the government's checks. And by the government's checks, I mean money from your pocket. They put their feet up. They go to the pool in the, in the rental facility where they live for free off of you. They eat their food for free off of you. They are unmoved. My friends, they are unmoved. They don't care. They're going to keep her being elected. They're going to keep electing these people because they don't care. Like I said, uh, bite, the, bite the head off of 100 kittens in Times Square. won't matter to the article. FBI Director Comey indicted Hillary Clinton in the court of public opinion by laying out before the television cameras step-by-step her gross negligence in handling classified material, including top-secret information that would compromise our national security if made accessible to our enemies. He told us Clinton sent classified information over servers not as safe as a simple Gmail account. He told us it is impossible for the FBI to ascertain what foreign hostile actors may have accessed her account, but there's good evidence to believe that the information was hacked. We do assess that hostile actors gained access to the private commercial email accounts of people with whom Secretary Clinton was in regular contact from a personal account. We also assess that Hillary, uh, Secretary Clinton's use of personal email domain was both known by a large number of people and readily apparent. She also used her personal email extensively while outside the United States, including sending and receiving work-related emails in the territory of sophisticated adversaries. Given that combination of factors, we assess it is possible that hostile actors gained access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account. He told us that it is a federal felony to mishandle classified information in a grossly negligent way. He told us that a second statute makes it a misdemeanor to knowingly remove classified information from appropriate systems or storage facilities. He then described in a clear, specific detail how Secretary of State Clinton knowingly removed classified information from appropriate systems and storage facilities. He concluded there is evidence that they were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information, according to former mayor, New York Mayor Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, the legal definition of gross negligence is to be extremely careless. You understand those two go together. And I'm, listen, I get it. I get it. I'm, um, I, I really do get it. I really do get it. I, I get it. I, I get that that should to normal people, people who have been through the Center for Self-Governance classes, the levels, level one through five, Center for Self-Governance, you've got, to go, you've got to go to that website, put in your state, I don't, wherever you are. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are, we'll come to you. 
You're going to get the best instruction you've ever gotten your whole life, and the day will fly by. Centerforselfgovernance.com. I'm telling you, it is absolutely the secret sauce. I'm a level five. I completed level five. I'm not a graduate yet because I haven't turned in all my stuff. Done it all, but I, I'm the worst about getting that stuff like documented and handed in. I mean, I guess it's documented because I talked to a lot of people on the radio and stuff, but that's not the point. Ultimately, it's this look. You know, you can look at this and you can say, yeah, that's gross negligence. You can say, yeah, she was in violation of 18 United States Code Section uh, 793. Doesn't require intent. It doesn't require intent. It's the first definition that comes up in the law dictionary. It's the definition the judges give to juries when they charge injuries on gross negligence. Negligence equals carelessness. Gross negligence equals extreme carelessness. So that's a clear, absolutely unassailable violation of 18 United States Code, Section 793, which is not a minor statute. It carries 10 years in prison. So we can't argue that it's, it's no clearer. Drinking a cold, icy drink. Ooh, it's hitting the spot, too. I want to remind you, my good friend Michelle Perkins, uh, one of the great leaders and co-founders of Center for Self-Governance. She's based in Tennessee. That's how you say it properly. Um, I'm thinking she's actually coming to Delaware this next, next swing, which will be super exciting. Here's the thing. She reminds me, look, if we're not in your state, we'll come. We will make a you, – let's put 10 to 50 people in a room. We'll be there. Awesome. I'll be looking forward to seeing you. Look, at, look we, we're not going to argue with this. This couldn't be any clearer. But the problem is so many people in the United States, so many citizens with a voter card, registration card, on either side, they have no idea how it really works. You say, well, this is how it works. You're showing us now. this. No, it's only working this way because we don't know how to undo it. We don't know how to fix it. And so what do we do? We say, oh, well, guess we're screwed. If you don't know, you don't know how to fight. Former United States Attorney General Michael Mukasey tells MSNBC that not only is Hillary Clinton's private email server illegal, it disqualifies her from holding any federal office, such as, say, I don't know, President of the United States. If you do this or that bad thing, you've essentially disqualified yourself as being the leader of the free world, said Mukasey, referring to the illegal server and the illegal handling of classified materials. He specifically points out one federal law, Title 18, Section 2071. For those of us who do not have the United States Code committed to memory, here's what it says. This is Babs Wheel is, is her article here. Whoever willfully or unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, or destroys or attempts to do so with any intent to do so, takes or carries away any record, proceeding, map, book, paper, document, or other thing filed or deposited with any clerk or officer of any court of the United States or in any public office or with any judicial or public officer of the United States shall be fined under this title or in prison not more than three years or both. Subsection B, whoever having the custody of any such record proceeding map, book, document, paper, or other thing willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, 
falsifies or destroys the same shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both, and shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. <coughs> Excuse me. As used in this subsection, the term office does not include the office held by any person as a retired officer of the armed forces of the United States. Yes, it's, it, it explicitly states, shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. Should voters know that? Yes. The media won't tell them, so it's up to us. What do you learn in Center for Self-Governance? You learn how it actually works, people. Let me tell you, there's a reason why uh, Obama and his administration wield so much power. It's because we've abdicated. The good citizens have abdicated. We've said, hey, you know what? I'm too busy, man. I can't, I can't take a day off from work, Monday through Wednesday, Monday, you know, a Monday, a Wednesday, or a Tuesday. I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do it. I got I to gotta work. I got to do my thing. I get it, man. I get it. But if we're unwilling, then with such passion, we say, I can't take off work. I, I can't get the time off. We say that with such passion, but guess what? Meanwhile, they're, they're sailing down river with our country. Disqualified people. You learn in Center for Self-Governance how it's your smallest political subdivision, and you work your way up. You know why? Because we don't know how to get people into office that are good people. We don't know how to vet people. Listen, people, uh, I'm very involved politically, and, and uh, you know, the groups that I'm in, very politically involved, and we fight, you heard us last week and week before fighting Senate Bill 190. Listen, folks, you have to start at the smallest political subdivision and work your way up. You don't know what a political subdivision is? Newsflash. You need to be at Center for Self-Governance. Centerforselfgovernance.com. If there's not a class in your state, get a hold of us. We will make sure it happens. I'm told by certain expert people that 10 to 25 people is all we need. We start small, and we build our way up, and we build Keep the Republic teams, and, and we, we get in there, and we get after it, but we do it well-equipped. Listen, if I've got an army of 100 people coming at me, and somebody comes up to me and hands me this really complex, highly technical gun, and they say, this is all you need, that'll kill all those people, and then they leave, and I don't know how to use it. Guess what? I'm not well-equipped. Well I don't know what I'm even holding. I don't know how to use it. So voters, knowing that, make a difference. And you look, the media is in the tank. You can't ever look at the media and say, well, maybe I don't know how they can not report this. This is They're on her team. They are her team. You understand what I'm saying here? They're the team. They're all a team. We can't look at media and, and keep throwing up our hands and talk about, well, if that was if that was some conservative, they would have never did that. They would have did this over here thing. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. So how do you how do you hold these people accountable? That's what you learn. Then back to the article. Then in an act of great cynicism, FBI Director Comey looked at the American people directly in the eye and told us that no reasonable prosecutor would bring a case against Hillary Clinton. 
he builds he builds it up. He says he's he, he goes deep into it and shows us why this woman should get. I mean, she should get charged out the wazoo. She should immediately be removed from running for president. Comey's telling us he spoke to Obama, to the Obama uh, Department of Justice about what resolution may be appropriate. It's obvious he was told no criminal charges would be brought against Hillary Clinton. Department of Justice refused to even charge her on the misdemeanor level that she did knowingly remove classified information from appropriate so She did that. She did that, my friends. She did that. We know that for sure. Comey told us. And she wasn't even charged with that. Unlike the men we honored the day before on July 4th who pledged, men and women, who pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to defend liberty and the rule of law, FBI Director Comey was not willing to put anything on the line. He wanted us to know Hillary was guilty as hell. But he was not willing to pit the FBI against Obama's Department of Justice. So he let the guilty walk free without even an attempt at insisting she be charged. Everyone has known from the start that Obama would never prosecute Hillary. So Comey looked at us in the eye and told us no reasonable prosecutor would take action on the gross negligence and betrayal of our national security that Hillary Clinton ordered as Secretary of State. It depends on the meaning of reasonable. You understand that. What, what is he saying to us here? He's sending a message to us, man, I know she's guilty as hell. But I'm not going to charge her because I'm not putting the FBI up against Department of Justice. It'll be a bloodbath and we'll lose. Look, the indictment came. He said, man, the indictment didn't come. Well, the indictment came, the court of public opinion, before all the TV cameras. You know what? Who, who, who does it fall to now? falls to us. Do I think he did the right thing? Nope. No, I do not. I do not think he did the right thing. I think he did the wrong thing. I think the fact that he didn't step out in front and say, hey, you know what? She's guilty. And I'm going to tell you what else. I've, I've received tremendous pressure from the Obama administration and from all over the place, from Clinton people, directly and indirectly, from, from uh, Loretta Lynch, directly and indirectly, that I'm not to do this, but I'm telling you she's guilty, and we're going to pursue charges against her. We are, at this moment, filing an indictment, and she will be taken into custody. She is not fit to serve based on what we found. That's great, buddy, that you told us that she's guilty, but you're not going to charge her. But here's a newsflash. You're not fit to lead. You should step down from the FBI. That's the next step that you should do because we don't want to be led by liars. You're not protecting us. You're not protecting us. You gave us at least seven reasons why. She should have been arrested, indicted, prosecuted, and punished. You gave us that. And then you said, but you know what? I'm not going to arrest her. No reasonable prosecutor. 
You understand what I'm saying here is, is that he needs to go, not as a scapegoat. I'm not saying make her a scapegoat. I'm saying you need to understand that he was under tremendous pressure, probably threat of physical harm or death to he or his family. I get it. His life was at risk. But you are either a bold leader or you are feckless, fearful figurehead. That's just reality. Here's, here's, it, you need to understand that in our system, the prosecutors make the decisions about whether charges are appropriate based on evidence the FBI has helped collect. We frequently engage in productive conversations with prosecutors about what resolution may be appropriate given the evidence. This is the tell. You know, everybody has a tell. If you're a gambler, you can see how people, you know, what they'll do. They'll, they'll crinkle. It is the same thing every time when they're lying or when they're telling the truth. The different things. But you, you study them, you'll learn what their tell is. We engage in productive conversations with prosecutors about what, the, what resolution may be appropriate. What Comey is telling us is he spoke to the Obama Department of Justice about what resolution may be appropriate. He talked to them. You understand what I'm saying. I repeated it on purpose. You understand what I'm saying is, is you can no longer say, well, Comey's a good man. I mean, he, at least he told us what the deal was. But, hey, they're threatening his life or the life of his family. Court of public opinion doesn't mean anything nowadays. I said it before, you know, and my, my good friend Andreas Shea King and, and Elizabeth Letchworth, we, you know, we're in this group and, and it's some of this. I don't know how I got in. I got in a pity vote, I guess. They must get a tax break for me being in the vote, in the, in the group. But the fact of the matter, these are super smart people. And we all would look at each other and say, holy moly, how this happened when, when Obama gets elected. American people are too smart. They're not too smart. Too much of a majority isn't working. They don't care to work. They're not ever going to work. And they're going to continue handing them money out of your pocket in exchange for, your, for their vote. And we don't will, wield any influence in that regard. You've got to understand that's reality now. We are no longer at the place where we can say they're too smart for that. I said it before. I'll say it again. Never say again that America is too smart for this or that, because that's not the case anymore. That's not the case. We know she's guilty. He told us she's guilty, but he didn't have the cojones to step up. Didn't have it. Man, and that's sickening. All right, guns and doctors. I promised you I would talk about this, and I have to talk about it because you know I'm a gun guy. I'm a liberty and freedom guy. I like liberty and freedom. That's, I'm into that. I'm into the Constitution. I don't know if you noticed. Guns and doctors. Oh, wait. Let me first, let me just say this. Can we ask Matt Damon, the star of many movies, including the Big Born franchise, got a big movie come back out. And I, full disclosure, I love those movies. Man, they're awesome. Kidding me? I mean, in those movies, man, crashing motorcycles, car chases, motorcycle chases, running on rooftops, jumping through windows from one floor to the next, guns, violence, explosions. 
I mean, in spades. I mean, it, you know, I mean, he, look, it's guns are his thing. But, you know, he's super smart. He's super smart liberal. That's the way they work. They're super smart. And they're going to tell you exactly how to live. Doesn't the Constitution be damned? Doesn't matter. So he says, hey, you know what? You know, and by the way, it's a new movie. It's very violent. It's tons of guns. It's a violence-ridden movie. So he's over in Australia. And what's Jason Bourne star Matt Damon do? He calls for a United States ban on guns in one fell swoop. Douglas, Douglas Ernst uh, wrote this article in the Washington Times, Tuesday, July 5th. Hollywood actor Matt Damon used a press conference in Australia over the 4th of July weekend to discuss his desire for a massive confiscation of U.S. guns. Now, remember, he's in Australia. You guys did it here in one fell swoop in 1996, and I wish that could happen in my country, but it's such a personal issue for people that we cannot talk about it sensibly. Mr. Damon said during a promotional engagement in Sydney for the movie Jason Bourne. The action star went on to say, people get too emotional when it comes to not selling AK-47s to people on terror watch list. Mr. Damon also discussed the December 12, 2012 massacre and alleged massacre in Newtown, Connecticut, where 20-year-old Adam Lanza stole his mother's legal weapons, killed her, and then did the same to 20 children at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Obviously, mass shootings aren't going to do it. There have been so many of them that at this point, Sandy Hook, when the children were murdered, if it didn't, if that didn't do it, you know, I just don't know. Maybe we just need to evolve further before we can have that conversation. I don't know, Mr. Damon said, the Sydney morning Sunday. Jason Bourne is not only the high-profile uh, action star who has made pleas for gun control since the terrorist attack in Orlando, Florida. Uh, he's not the only one, I should say. They all seem to do it. Look, I'm just going to tell you, doctors right now, how many of, how many of you, just show of hands, how many of you right now have been to the doctor? The doctor asked your child if you have a, you know, or or uh, you asked about guns in the house. Does your mommy or daddy have guns in the home? People think it doesn't happen. It absolutely happens. And you know how it happens? A guy by the name of John Watson writes an article. He's some dude from Brooklyn. He's not even a medical professional. Writes an article for a medical. I'm not going to. Uh, well, I will say what it is. Medscape Public Health. And he writes an article for them. Guns and Health, Five Pressing Questions for Healthcare Professionals. I wrote this on June 30th, by the way, so it's recent. There's as of this morning, there were 142 comments. These are doctors and healthcare professionals. This is who belongs to these groups. This is a publication that goes out to them. The recent attack at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, in which 49 people lost their lives and dozens more sustained serious injuries, was greeted with shock, but it was also with an unsettling familiarity. Gun violence was inarguably, not terrorism, by the way, gun violence, specifically says gun violence, has inarguably become firmly entrenched in all corners of this country. Towns like Aurora, Newtown, and Columbine are now shorthand for the collective anguish that follows mass shootings, while large cities like Chicago deal with an equally insidious but less media-attended epidemic of daily firearm violence. Now, it's not firearm violence, it's people violence. But even his issue is clear here. Doctors and nurses may be uniquely positioned to have an impact on combating this trend. 
involved as they are in the treatment of patients who have, have been or may become victims of gun violence. Here is an overview of the most pressing questions for those healthcare professionals. What is the availability and impact of guns in the United States? Well, this is what he says. Approximately a third of people in the United States own it. By the way, thank you to my friend, um, Dr. Bonnie, for availing me of this information. I really do appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, approximately a, a third information on this article, not, not what's in the article. Approximately a third of the people in the United States own a gun, although variations – be ready for this? going to shock you, by the way. Variations among the states are considerable, ranging from as low as 5% in the state of Delaware – to as high as nearly 62% in the state of Alaska. 2013, now he's, he's quoting a, an adaptation from Pew Research Center American Trends Panel on April 29th. This is inaccurate, percentage of homes with a gun. 2013, there were 33,636 firearms death, deaths, accounting for 70% of homicides and 51% of suicides. Every day in America, 297 people on average are shot and 89 die. Among children and teenagers, there are 48 daily shootings and seven deaths. Although mass shootings with assault rifles, I hate that term, routinely spur national discussions about efforts to reduce gun violence, they account for only 2% of national gun homicides. Handguns are the most frequent source of firearms deaths. This staggering epidemic is more fittingly attributed to situations like those currently plaguing Chicago, where there were nearly 3,000 shooting victims in 2015 alone. Well, then he says this. What does this tell, what does the research tell us about guns and health? Research into gun violence has been substantially restricted in the United States by a now 20-year-old provision freezing funding for the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention for activities that may be used to advocate or promote gun control. The decision is linked to a campaign by the National Rifle Association in reaction to a high-profile 1993 study that concluded that the risk for homicide was higher in households which, in which guns were kept. States with tighter gun regulations experienced comparatively fewer injuries and deaths from firearms, as well as less access by children. Another recent analysis predicted an 80% drop, predicted an 80% drop in firearm-related fatalities if all states adopted a strategy of pre-purchase background checks and traceable bullets. Now, let me say this. You can't buy a gun without a background check unless you do what? Buy it illegally. You buy it illegally, you're not getting a background check. But if you buy it legally from a gun store, you're getting a background check. You go to a gun, gun show you get, and you buy it legally inside the place, you're getting the background check. If you fail, you're not getting the gun. That's how it works. That's reality. Thank you for playing our little game. By the way, states with tighter gun regulations experience comparatively fewer injuries. Let's go to Illinois. Let's go to Baltimore. Let's go to Washington, D.C. Let's go to Michigan. High level. Illinois is ridiculous. Maryland's ridiculous. D.C., ridiculous. Comparatively, fewer injuries and deaths? You're crazy. And then they predict an 80% drop in firearm-related fatalities. Really? If they do what? Pre-purchase background checks and traceable bullets. Really? Traceable bullets is ridiculous. The bullet degrades upon entry. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, we'll put serial numbers on bullets, and then we'll serialize them. We'll register that, and then that's what we'll do. Really? Because you can't keep Muslims bent on blowing people up in this country out of the country. You can't keep people from crossing the border, the southern border. You can't keep people – come on. You're, you're, you're inept. 
You're feckless and inept. You government, you've gotten you you've got no credibility. But suddenly they're going to be able to make this work, just like the drug war worked. Proponents for further further restrictions often cite the example of Australia, where the government reacted to. By the way, you just heard me talk about Australia. Um, uh, 1996 mass shooting by implementing a ban on assault rifles, increasing registration requirements, and a large-scale gun buyback program. A study by JAMA, which is medical, Journal of American Medicine, anyway, reported a dramatic decline in firearm deaths in the years since 1997, though larger trends prevented the authors from determining whether these government issues, initiatives were responsible. Well, here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. Let me just say this. Here's the problem with that. Well, that's not the case. It's the same thing in South Africa, but the murder rate is ridiculous. It's gone up a thousand percent. See, that's reality, folks. We we can tell ourselves that that's not the case. It's the case. It's absolutely the case. The good people turn their guns, and the bad people don't. Now, the good people who have no gun are sitting ducks, unarmed sheep, for the wolves to kill. What's the profession? Now, this is. You know, I got to do this fast. What is the position of professional associations regarding the role of clinicians in gun counseling? Healthcare associations support their members taking an active role in gun violence prevention. For more than two decades, the American Academy of Pediatrics has had an official position statement advocating discussion with parents of the risks of gun access to children. Yeah, because that's that's what's going to make a difference. My doctor telling me, "Hey, have you ever thought about putting that gun where your kid can't reach it?" Hey, have you ever thought about maybe, just maybe, you put a you put your gun behind some sort of lock thing when your little kids wander around your house? You're not there or paying attention or you're in a drunken stupor. Really? Wow, thank you. My goodness, if I didn't have the doctor to tell me that, I would be so I mean, my kids, I can't believe my kids live this long. Holy shamoly. <laughs> Thank goodness you came along. Look, man, I'm just telling you, folks, this is reality. This is These, these people live in an alternate universe. They're crazy up in their heads. You've got to be kidding me. This is... This is what they're saying. Listen, I'm not going to get to all this. We'll, we'll tackle this next week. I really appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate the folks in chat. You've been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we keep plugging away at this. Send us your comments, your messages, all that stuff. Make a comment on Block Talk Radio if you're logged in. Go to the ninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com. Go to the blog that corresponds with this. Put some comments in. That's all. If you want to contribute to what we do, click on the donate button. Here's the bottom line, folks. We're in it together. Centerforselfgovernance.com. I'm telling you, go there. Go there. I, you know how precious my time is. You know I wouldn't have put all of that time in to be a level five, completer of level five, and not found it incredibly important. That's the deal. Now, one of our guests in chat, uh, her spouse is a uh, physician. And they don't have to ask the questions. They're urged to build it, but there's no penalty if the doctors do not ask the questions. Now we know that we know that to be true, but we also know how they kind of backdoor things. That's just reality what they do. If your doctor asks, time to find a new physician. 
Folks, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being on my team. I appreciate it. Thank you for supporting this um, switch over from Blog Talk Radio to uh, we're going to host it on our own website and do it kind of that way. If you have any ideas or anything like that, please get a hold of us. Let us know. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www. Dot Dr. Sean Greener dot com. In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.